0: This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Uh, over the past couple weeks, we have been going through the New Testament book of Colossians. Somebody say Colossians. Colossians. That's a fun word. Say Colossians. You guys should already know. I'm gonna make you talk and do stuff like that. So sorry if you're trying to sleep. The balcony's open. Okay, so just kidding. Okay, so uh, Sam and Bob went through Colossians chapter one, Colossians chapter two, and so today I'm just keeping the uh, the thing going, and we're in Colossians chapter three today. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So uh, I guess to start off, when, when, I, when I first started kind of going through um, Colossians and reading Colossians, uh, you know, first, second, and third chapter, kind of getting the backstory straight and all that, it made me have this thought. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off with this question, okay? It's very serious, but I need to see a show of hands. How many of you guys have seen or heard of the movie called The Purge? It's not a serious question. I was joking. Okay, how many of you guys? How many of that number have seen the Purge? Ooh, gosh, it's a lot of money wasted. Okay, how many of you guys have? How many of you guys have not seen the Purge? Good for you. Okay, save that. Okay, so here's the premise of the Purge. If you don't know, the Purge is a movie. Uh, it's kind of like a I don't know if I call it a horror movie or what. I don't. I don't know. It's it's bloody. It's kind of scary. It's like. Uh, It's a thriller, I guess, right? Ethan Hawke and not one of his best performances is, is one of the starring actors. And the movie's all about this. The government goes on suspension for 24 whole hours, 24 hours, an entire day, right? No government activity at all on any level. So no first responders, no police, no ambulances, uh, no, no nothing. Just nothing. Poof. It's just people. So the idea of the movie, it's called The Purge, because this one day out of the year that they call The Purge, anybody in society across the nation can pretty much do whatever they want. It's their one day to purge their evilest, deepest, wickedest desires that they've been holding on to uh, unhealthily for the previous 364 days out of the year. And so uh, in the movie, it's, it's, I mean, as you can imagine, it's pretty graphic. It's kind of weird. Uh, you're watching it and people are like, I've had it out for you for 364 days. You took my stapler and didn't bring it back. Now you must die, right? And so, like, just weird stuff. Like, you took my newspaper. I'm killing you, right? Like, just with, like just un, unjust, like, reactions to things. It's way out of hand. But I thought of this because although it's pretty extreme, right, and the movie's pretty graphic, it, it's trying to depict what society would be like if the government just took the laws away, right? It's trying to depict what uh, uh, people would act like if they're left to their own devices, right? So we leave things in like our heart. And we let them kind of like, I was going to say marinate, but saute sounds cooler this morning, right? We just let them just kind of cook a little bit in our heart. and We get real like fond of these ideas that we have. And if we're left alone with that, what this movie is trying to say is without any kind of intervention from a higher power, in this case being the government, right, People could do some pretty messed up stuff, right? Yes? Yeah? This got really weird uh, when we first moved here. I'm not going to lie. The movie was dumb. I watched it. It was dumb, right? But it scared me. It really did scare me because when we first moved here, uh, people were putting on like Facebook. They were starting like Facebook groups, uh, like calling for, like, mass purges in major U.S. cities. And so people would, like, put on Facebook, like, tonight is the start of the purge in Baltimore. And I'm like, it's always the purge in Baltimore, right? But pe- <laughs> Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I could have picked a better city. Okay, so... Um, but, like, people started doing that. And then I'm thinking, like, oh, man. Like, the, uh, we lived in Orlando when this first started, and somebody did one for Orlando. And I was like, oh, my gosh, what if people really go for this? Like, I, I got, un, like, unrealistically scared. Like, I was actually shook about this, right? And that kind of, like, snowballed into, who remembers the clown the clown thing that was going on? That was when we first, this has nothing to do with anything, but I'm just reminiscing for a second. When we first moved here, Uh, the clown thing was going on. If you guys are not privy to this, the clown thing was people kind of went with like a purge kind of theme where they're just going to do whatever they want, right? But people were wearing clown masks and clown costumes and just harassing people for no reason. Like people were posting videos on the internet where they'd just be walking, like walking their dog in the woods and stuff, which pick a better place, right? But they're walking their dogs in the woods and all of a sudden, like around the corner, you see like a like, a clown mask, like, pop out, and they were like, yo, is that a clown? Not yeah, but what's he do? Like, you run immediately. You don't ever see a clown anywhere. Like, you just run, but they're like, oh, okay. And then the clown, like, literally, the clown just pops out, and it's like, ah, just starts chasing him. These people are like, oh, my gosh, like, taking a selfie video of a clown chasing him, right? And it got so out of hand, I'm not even lying, it got so out of hand that, like, I, when I say I was shook, y'all, your boy was shook, I would, there's a a window in our kitchen that like when you walk into the kitchen, you come like this, you turn the corner and straight back is like our fridge, which I'm trying to get to. And then the window and the window goes to the backyard, which we have this creepy busted like garage in the back. And I didn't ever want to turn off the kitchen light because then the reflection would go away. And I just always thought I was going to see like a red curly wig <laughs> like through the window. I'm not even lying to you. I'd go, I'd go in there and I'd be like, I'd hit the light real quick and I'd run over and I'd be like. and then I, Or I'm not even lying. I'd let my dog out first and see if my dog barked or chased at anything. And then I'd go outside, right? Like. I was shook. But so anyway, <laughs> So anyway, this is all back to the movie. This is all uh, uh, what people's minds gravitate to when you take the law away, or when people want to operate outside of the confines of the law, right? So I thought about this, not clowns, in relations to Colossians 3, because Colossians 3 talks a lot about that, right? Uh, Colossians 2 and 3 balances uh, law being outside of like the ceremonial law, but also being inside of God's way of living. And so there's a balance there that takes place. And so I started thinking back, And over my, like, personal encounters with friends or different friend groups within church or church circles, there's, like, two really popular ways of, like, thinking about this or operating in this in daily Christian life, right? You have some people who are really comfortable operating with, like, a list of do's and don'ts. Right, and a lot of times they're unspoken, or a lot of times we don't recognize them or call them that, but we actually do operate off of a list of do's and don'ts. Right? For instance, when uh, I was coming up in youth group, it was like you just already knew you didn't drink, you didn't smoke, you didn't cuss, you didn't have sex, you didn't watch rated R movies, you didn't watch horror movies because the devil could manifest the spirit out of the screen, which he may have done at The Purge because clearly I was <laughs> messed up and. It's just like this list. But what you do, there's a whole nother list of things that you do, right? You dress this way. You actually talk this way in church. When you're in church, if you're in the youth group, you don't sit in the balcony because then everybody's going to know that you're doing things you shouldn't do. You got to at least sit on the bottom floor in the back, right? Like there's this list of things that you do and don't do. And although you hardly ever call them your to-do or to not do list. That's what you live like, right? And then the other side of that is that I had a lot of friends that were like like hippie Christians. Like, uh, okay, like okay. for example, they were all like the turtle from Finding Nemo. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'd be like, oh man, yo, I want to go to Halloween Horror Nights. It's like a big scary thing in Orlando. I want to go to Halloween Horror Nights, but I don't know, man. Like, I don't know, man. People from church may start to question, uh, like, you know, my belief and stuff. You know what, man? If you go, bro, just go and have fun, like, and love people when you're there. And as long as you're loving people when you're there, you're good, bro. Like, that's just, that's what God, God would want you to love people in a scary place. That's what we're called to do. Like, it's just, it, it, like, it just gets weird, right? So you have people that are like, no, you do not do this. And then you have people that are like, peace, love, and world unity, man. Like uh, Right? And you have like these, these two sides of, of faith, and it just kind of like, there's a balance in there, right? So what chapter 3 is talking about is finding that balance. Although we are free, from the law as talked about in chapter 2 and what Bob talked about last week, we aren't condemned or held up to the law as we once were, but we're not free from our responsibility to godly living, right? So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. If you got an app, go ahead and pull it up. We're going to read Colossians 3. And uh, Colossians is broken into two parts, um, but the main part is what we're going to talk about. It's the first 17 verses, and so I'm actually going to read to you all 17 verses, so um, just hang with me. You can throw it up there. If you don't have your Bible, uh, this is it, okay? So we're going to read Colossians 3, 1 through 17, and this is what it says. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. I want you to notice real quick that there's already becoming a distinction within the first two verses between things that are above, heavenly things, and then things that are below, earthly things, right? So this is going to be a theme that you see in the next, uh, what, 15 verses? For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, even during football season. Do not lie to each other since, check it out, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and it put on a new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. amen. Sweet. Okay, cool. So, as we were saying before, right? So, you can go ahead and leave those verses up. We're going to kind of talk about it. So, what this whole thing talked about, that's a big chunk, and, I, and I'm, I applaud you guys for staying with me. I don't have the best, like, reading rainbow voice. But... You can go ahead and throw them up there. Um, but what this whole thing is talking about, in the first section, it's making a distinction between earthly living and, and, and like having a heavenly mindset here on earth, right? So there's what we'll call godly living, and then you have earthly living, right? And they, we're making a clear distinction right from the beginning that there are two, okay? So let me just say that first. There are two. D2. I'm just kidding. Come on, man. So there are two ways of living, right? There are two standards, okay? So you have a worldly standard, and then you have a godly standard, right? And right here... This is what chapter three is about. Off to the races, no time wasted, because in chapter two, like Bob talked about last week, it's all about getting you to understand that, listen, there's a law, and there once was a great, big, heavy law that rested right on your shoulders and right on my shoulders, and it was it was kind of scary, right? It was very intimidating. It was hard to try to feel like you lived up to those standards and to There are a lot of believers who don't have to feel that crushing weight on them anymore, but still accept that crushing weight on them But that's not having true liberation in Christ, right? So although that that is there right and and Bob talked about it You you uh, I think his message was called don't watch your step, right? Like you don't have to be so concerned with the do's and the don'ts, right? But chapter 3 is Quickly, this is the the intention of chapter 3 that we just read they want you to know that you can't take advantage of that liberty. They want you to know that you can't take advantage of the fact that you have freedom from the law now, right? When, when we're immature in our faith, right, uh, uh, like I'll use myself as an example. When I was young and I was coming up and, and, and like when I was like 18, 19 and I first started getting these, like these ideas that were liberated, right? That were free from the law, that were free from these things. I started thinking, you know what, man? I'm gonna go out and drink. I'm gonna do all, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get caught up in whatever scene I wanna get caught up in. But God really knows my heart because if God really knows that there's love in my heart and that I really, at the end of the day, I'll be at church on Sunday, right? And, 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 all, and as long as that's good, we're good, right? And I started trying to see how how far I could pull that mindset of thinking that as long as I just kind of loosely kept to a way of living, but not really like had a standard, just kind of knew where out of bounds was, then I was good, right? But here's what this is saying. Listen, just because you're free from the weight of the ceremonial law doesn't mean that you're void of your responsibility to godly living, right? So here's what this is saying. Some of us, right, some of us are kind of like, on that, right? Like, we're getting back into like this legalism. We're getting back into all this. That's not like, here's, here's really what this is laying out, okay? This doesn't have anything to do with any of those lists. What this has to do with is... What this has to do with is having deep regard for something, right? So here's what this is saying. When you have a deep regard for something, you're going to chase it, right? Right? When you have a deep desire or hunger for something, you're going to chase it. Chapter 2 and chapter 3 aren't meant to be autonomous from each other. They're meant to put, be put together. So when you put them together, what you have is this balance. And so what you can't have and what Christians need to need to understand is that it's not about don't touch that, don't do that. But what you have to understand is that. You only have so much love in you to give to something, right? Think about love as like a a percentage, 100%, right? If you give 50% of your love to the things that you used to do or the things of the world and how the world operates, and then you give 50% of your love to a godly mindset, and you say, okay, with half of my time, half of my energy, I'm going to pursue this, then really proportionately, you can't really pursue either of them the right way, right? You're going to go hard for one or the other. How God intended you to be is to put more and more into his way, his standard, chasing him. So that way, as that grows, then in proportion, your desire and your admiration for the other shrinks, right? So as you go from 50, you go to 60, 40, 70, 30, until you're 100, and you got nothing left to give to the world because you're chasing down Jesus, amen? 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 Cool. Anybody else hot? It's kind of warm, right? I brought my sweat cloth. (laughs) I did, that's like a Southern thing, it's like, You just got to wipe your mouth for no reason. You just got to look mad at somebody. It doesn't matter who. Y'all don't hear me, right? Okay, so... So listen, so there's this balance, right? There's this balance of trying to find. And so what this verse talks about, the reason why I wanted to leave it up here, is because then we start looking at it and we're like, man, if we don't have to follow rules and the law and all that, this is pretty like deceiving because it says, put to death all these things, your sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, idolatry, and it starts naming all these things that you have to do, right? And we start to go, man, if there's no law, this is almost as bad as a law, right? I mean, like, we're not following like the earthly law anymore, but God's got a pretty intimidating law of himself, right? For himself. And so we get caught up in this all over again. And this is how a lot of Christians start to justify those things where you can't wear your hair like this because you're going to tempt somebody in sexual immorality. And you can't, you know, you can't wear your pants too high because if you do that, then you might be tempting somebody to lust. And, And this is where we get caught up in all those things. And listen, there's a place for holiness. There's a place for modesty, but... These are not meant to abuse you. So how do we, as Christians, as believers, find that perfect balance? How do we marry chapter 2, chapter 3 together, where we know we're free from the law and the weight of it, but we're also called to godly living? Where's that balance, right? And the balance is very, very easy, in theory, to identify. When it talks about all these things, it's important to know that this doesn't come natural to you. Wanting to do what God wants you to do is not natural for you. Some of you are like, I know. It's hard, right? There's a whole bunch of things that I used to do. I'm not even gonna lie to you. There's a whole bunch of things I used to do, and when you when you youth pastor, a lot of them start to come up. Like a lot of them start to like pop up, and so like uh uh like we have kids who just love to steal bikes. I don't know why. Like bad bikes too. Like if you can steal a bike, make, never mind. Don't don't tell us. Don't steal at all, right? But that's what I'm talking about. Okay. So, like, I'll be talking to the teenagers, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, Rich, don't tell nobody, but I uh, I stole this bike right here. I'm about to..." and I'll be like, "You stole that bike? If I was you, I would have took that bike, right?" And like you, like those old like ways of logic start to creep in, right? It's not natural to go, or at least for me anyway, because I was, you know, I was a jerk, but uh, it wasn't natural for me to look at it and go, "Bro." Come on, man. Why are you stealing, bro? Why? Come on. Why are you doing? Come on. Why are you doing that? It wasn't natural for me. What's natural for me is trying to see who could top the other. What's natural for me is trying to outdo somebody by doing it worse, right? Like, those are my inclinations because that, that was how I was brought up. And so for a lot of us, we, we kind of go different ways in it, right? Some of y'all are just awesome. Some of y'all are just great. You didn't have, didn't have a bad, like, thought bone in your body. That's great. And I'm thankful for you. But the rest of us weren't like that, right? And so it's not natural for you to seek out that. It's not natural for you to go after that. It's a work of the Holy Spirit to draw that out of you. It's a work of the Holy Spirit to stir that in you and want you, and you want to have a thirst for godly things. So that's first, right? The Holy Spirit will work in you. But as it pertains to you, All these things are combined into the last couple verses. that say this. Bearing with one another, if anyone has complaint, above all these things, verse 14, above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Binds all of these things together in perfect harmony. Put on love. Then verse 15 says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts as you were called to be in one body and then be thankful. And all these are tied together again in verse 17. It says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So is there a law for you anymore? No, not like there was. Is there a standard for you still? Yes. Do you have to worry about checking off every single one of these things every day when you wake up? Some of you might have to give attention to certain ones more than the others, but on a big picture, on the main scale, here's what it is. Live with godly love. Pursue Jesus so intently that you start to mimic him without even trying to. You ever heard that that saying like you are who you hang around. You are who you, you never heard that. Tim's going, mm. that's you were who they were talking about when they said that. That's why. <laughs> you are who you hang around, right? You are who you hang around. So you hang around a certain group of people enough, you're going to start to act like them. You hang around a certain group of people enough, you might start to dress like them, right? Some of us claim to be Christians, which, which which here's here's a way of defining that. Okay, if we're a Christian, then we should be spending so much time with Jesus that we start to look like Him, right? Some of us people don't buy the story that we give them because we ain't spent enough time with Jesus to actually look like Him. Oh, <laughs> here's what this is saying. Get so close to Jesus. Pursue Jesus so intently. And the more you spend time with him, the more you'll start to look like him. And then it all works out because then you'll be living and doing and acting exactly how he intended you to to begin with. Not that you have to look at all these things and go, man, oh, man, I'm still so lustful. Oh, man, I'm still lying. Oh, man, I just cut somebody out in traffic. Oh, man, like you don't got to do all this because here's the thing. Although you might be struggling with some of those things like Bob talked about, that's not where it ends for you. Because the law is gone, then there's no condemnation for those things. But as you're growing out of those things, you're only growing out of them because your forward motion is pushing you towards Jesus so much that now you're starting to overcome those things by mimicking Jesus, right? That's how this all balances together. So the more you come this way, you leave all that stuff behind. And the more you start to look at Jesus, the more you start to look like Jesus. And the more you start to look like him, all these things will fall off. Put them off of you put them off? How do you put them off? It says it in the beginning of the chapter. You put them off by putting on Jesus' new life that he gave you. You only put off the old life by putting on the new life that he gave you. If you're trying to put off your old life and you just keep trying to satisfy the law by putting off your old life and doing and doing and not doing and not doing and trying to keep up with that list of do's and don'ts, guess what? You're always going to come back to square one because you're never putting on anything. You're taking off something, but please If you're going to take off something, put on something too. Do us all a favor. You know what I'm saying? If you're taking off something, you got to put on something. So this chapter talks about this. This is all it is right here. If I could sum it up. We don't adhere to the law because the law doesn't satisfy. The law doesn't bring resolve. The law doesn't bring healing. The law doesn't bring Closure. It doesn't bring light at the end. The law brings the weight. That same weight is what Jesus wants you to take off. But the way that you satisfy godly living is by putting on his life. It says that when he appears, you appear with him. When he rose in new life, you rose with him. It's starting to mimic all these things. When he comes back, you can look up and be like, yeah, because that's you. You're with him. You're going too. like you identify in him, Right. So, if you identify in him, then our way of living should be his way of living. And our way of doing should be his way of doing. And it's all circular. I'm just kidding. There's nobody back there. All y'all were like. (laughs) I'm kidding. Leo was there. I just, you know, I blew him a kiss. So, I want to leave you with this thought. Our goal with Colossians was to talk to you straight out of the book Not like throw like, you know, the Pentecostal like three points at you and expect you to remember all of them and write them down and like dwell on them. That's what you got scripture for. You want you want my three points? Go to go to Colossians chapter three. You want to memorize something, memorize that. You want to dwell on something, dwell on that, right? The whole point of Colossians chapter three is this rejoice in the liberty you have. Rejoice in the freedom from the chains of the law. Stand up straight. Put your chin up. Stretch out a little bit. Because the weight that was once on your back is gone. Are you free to to purge? To live how you want? No. Because the other end of that is that when Jesus frees you from something, our natural lean as humans is to run to something else. We're created for a master, right? We're created for that relationship with God, that relationship that only God can fill. So it's in you to want to leave what you were free from and pick up else, pick up another savior, pick up another king. So yeah, you're free from that, but he freed you into new life. He freed you from that so you could run into a new relationship. You're not going to be complete. You're not going to be whole. You're not going to have satisfaction fully until you come to that completion, until you come to that resolve and knowing that you don't have to please anybody. You don't have to uphold any law. You got to chase Jesus. You got to seek Jesus. This is my closing thought. Living with the kingdom purpose, and a godly mindset isn't derived from following laws or keeping a list of do's and don'ts. Having a kingdom purpose and a godly mindset is simply a reaction and a byproduct of seeking Jesus intently. Amen? You can't get that by keeping your list. You can make yourself feel really good You can make yourself feel really righteous. But that's not the goal. Godly living, kingdom living, kingdom mentality is a reaction to seeking Jesus intently. All these things are just mile markers. All these things are just signs on the road that you should already be driving on. All those things are just reminders. If you're doing this and you're going the right direction you'll be seeing all these things fall off of you. And if you're not seeing them fall off of you, take a look at what direction you're going. Because the key is you're never standing still. You're never standing still. You're walking in one direction or the other. The more we walk towards Jesus, the more those things start to come off and fall off and fall off. That's true liberty. That's true liberation. That's true freedom. That actually brings something that could quench your thirst. Something that could fill your hunger. It's not on a surface level. It's not on a people-pleasing level. It's not on a self-righteous level. It's on a spiritual level. It feeds a hunger that's in your soul. Amen. Lord, I love you, God. I thank you, Jesus, that your word paints such a picture for us that we can see that Lord we're free from the law we're free from the weight that the law gave us the law that said that we were under the burden of all these different things and there was a list of do's and don'ts that made some of us feel righteous or some people feel really good about themselves and it made other people feel terrible it made some of us feel intimidated like we could never get there I thank you for freedom from that know that we don't have to bear the weight of trying in and of ourselves to get there. All we have to do is fall in love with you, chase you down, and the more we hang with you, the more you'll make us like you, and the rest will just be history. Thank you for that, Jesus, in your name.